I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. Hey guys, real quick, before we get to your Rut Fresh radio episode for the week, I want to give you an update because if you are listening, when this comes out, the week of October 10th through the 16th, 2022, you got to know that it is Whitetail Week over at Mediator. That means a whole bunch of stuff is on sale. All of the First Light Spectre apparel, the Whitetail gear, the Solitude kit I wear, the Sanctuary, the Wick base layers, Source jacket, all my favorites, 20% off this week. 20% off. Here's another thing. If you buy that source jacket, you get a free FHF chest rig. That is a sweet little tool. Here's another one. You buy a tethered predator platform. That's the platform I use for all my saddle hunts. You buy that and you get a $50 first light gift card. All sorts of cool stuff like that is going on over at the Mediator website, over at the firstlight.com website, FHF. Check it out. October 10 through 16, 2022. Got some good stuff cooking. All right, now to the show. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics. This week, the common theme seems to be tough conditions in mid-October. However, if you can find the limited resource, you can for sure find the bucks. This is Rut Fresh Radio, brought to you by Vortex Optics. I'm Tyler Jones, your host, and Casey Smith is with me as well. Everybody's favorite dude in this whole this whole space, man. Mm, just like my little tiny space over here in the corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, so we just got back from a trip, a long trip. Can you call it just one trip? I think so. My goodness. Yeah. Michael's shaking his head yes. He says that uh, I was gone for three weeks. <laughs> we spent a uh, greater part of 10 or 11 days, maybe mm. more, out. And um, we ended up uh, hitting Nebraska and South Dakota. We talked about it last week. Uh, Nebraska was really successful. And South Dakota ended up being also successful. Wowzers. I'm pretty excited about that because um, that's another one of those episodes that we talked about 
um, going on the Meat Eater channel, which is a series that uh, for now is called the Buck Truck, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a it's a series that we're producing that should come out next year in 2023. Um, so it'll hype you up next year. But uh, in the meantime, we're sharing pictures on our Instagram of some of the success we've had, and we're going to talk a little bit about South Dakota here. But uh, the full story goes down on the Element podcast, so you can definitely check that out. If you want to go over to the Element, check that out. Um, we would very much appreciate that. So mm-hmm. with that said, um, what are your takeaways from South Dakota? Don't ever assume something is easy in the hunting world. Yep. Uh, because we've hunted South Dakota a few years and felt like it was like a dreamland. And this year it was most definitely not a dreamland. It was somewhat complicated and difficult because of the tough conditions. Just like the guys that we're going to talk to today, we've got Sam Hogan in Michigan, Jonathan Moreland from Arkansas, Jason Red in North Carolina, and Jake Hofer in Illinois. And there's a real common theme across the country right now, and that is tough conditions. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were met with in South Dakota as well, uh, particularly drought. I think that is something that's kind of fairly consistent across the country. Even these places that have had, you know, some hurricane-type rains and stuff, we're dealing with drought. You know, you can't just break a drought with one weather instance, right? It's mm-hmm. got to be sustained rainfall. And um, that's exactly what we dealt with. Uh, the deer yeah. were on food sources hardcore. It's weird because you think of drought as a water thing, right? And we had, you know, the king of water, Tony, yeah. on the trip with us in South Dakota. Tony Peterson, you guys know him probably pretty well. He's but. that guy that's uh, on the Little Mermaid that has like the the trident and stuff, right? The king yes. of water? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's Tony. Uh, Aquaman. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's been uh, he's been killing deer off water holes for forever. Well, the mm-hmm. drought plays into that, you think, right? Mm-hmm. And certainly, I think deer could have been killed on water. Uh, we actually focused on that early as well. And then we realized throughout the trip, which this, this is part of the story we probably won't tell a whole lot about, but I had a lot of scouting time on this trip. Mm-hmm. And I realized as these guys were out hunting and, and setting up and these things that I was seeing a lot of deer on food, which... Um, you don't, you know, you don't necessarily think of when you're thinking about drought, but really what ends up happening in a drought is there's a lot less food on the landscape and a deer can't just sit there and eat on an ag field all night. Um, so it needs those native forage food sources to expand its diet, to just have better digestive process and all these things that are good for it, right? Different protein, uh, balances and these kind of things. So with that, these deer are definitely having to eat native browse but there's a lot less of it on the landscape so they can't just sit there and hammer this stuff they have to go to these ag ag food sources mm-hmm. that are man man-made essentially and we noticed corn was like the deal it was uh, which is weird because you know also uh within some of these cornfields they plant beans mm-hmm. and the beans were hammered too you just mm-hmm. didn't see them you didn't notice it until I you think got out there they were on their tier two food source which was yep. the corn because the beans are already gone that's right you know like the at some point in time, there was even some, I don't mean green beans, but like green leafed soybeans. Yeah. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was some of that still there, but you could tell that the leaves were gone. Like yeah. they weren't dead yet. You know, and that's like, part of their water intake, I yeah. would imagine. It's like is- 90% of a deer's water intake comes from its food. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about this the other night. Animals in general don't treat water the way that humans do. Mm-hmm. Our dehydration is the animals, hi- like they're hydrated at that point in time. Yeah. You look at uh, this the way a, 
a buck uses a scrape and what is coming out of him excrement wise. Like it's dark, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the it's way smelly. it's yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> the way it's getting that way is it is uh, viscous, as they say. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, uh, it's thick. Um, yeah. So uh, you know they they just kind of have a different take on hydration, and it's it's very much more impulsive. Uh, and they will drink water. In fact. I killed a really nice Oklahoma buck over water last year in a mm-hmm. drought situation. That video actually is on the YouTube channel for The Element. just went out. If you want to mm-hmm. go check that out, see what you can do over a water source. Uh, particularly, actually, that was the late season, but all year long, you can have some good opportunities over water source. <laughs> but don't think that drought means water source. No, right? I, let me just say that video is insane. I'm just going to go ahead and say that because <laughs> I can say it because just because you had the thing happen to you, mm-hmm. man, it is... You were also there. Well, I was. And, I, and when... Like the title is jaw dropping footage, and I think of that because my jaw—I'm not like in a dramatic person—and mm-hmm. it, it, my jaw, jaw was dropped. It was one of those sure. times where we didn't know how to react after I shot the deer. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wild. and this is a thing too. And y'all are a captured audience, so we can talk about this. It comes out as laughter sometimes, but it's just like a relief, relief. We weren't joy. breathing for twenty five yes, minutes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like. Oh my goodness, I don't, it's an overload, sensory mm-hmm. overload. And it's just, yep. it's worth going to see. But um, anyways, um, water is only the, like one of the things that you have to have, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, I had success in South Dakota over natural browse, but it was on a like, food to bed pattern as the deer were loafing on their way mm-hmm. back to where they were going to bed that day which is how i killed last year mm-hmm. in south dakota that's exactly remember. right yep yeah so that's a that's an effective thing that not many people talk about is the uh like native brows coming back mm-hmm. it's like uh staging before bed pretty mm-hmm. much as opposed to like staging before they go to a food source and we were dealing with pretty warm temps and deer that did not want to move in the evenings much at all pwts yes right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and some VWTs even. Uh, so, uh, you add all that up together and you get a, um, kind of, um, abstract train of thought in the white tail world that, Hey, mornings are actually pretty good yeah, right now. That's a good point. You know, yep. like, uh, we're actually texting with our friend, uh, here before we get on the podcast and he's talking about how he loves hunting mornings. And, you know, the common thought is that mornings are bad in October and, I wouldn't say that you should just barrel off in somewhere and hunt in the morning without any information, but if you know something good, like particularly us, uh, we were seeing deer movement for the first hour and a half of daylight, but only like the last 15 minutes mm-hmm. in the evening, like there's a lot more time to kill a deer. Yeah. And yeah. also they're further away from their beds in the morning and you can get into a place without disturbing stuff. Whereas in the evening, I mean, what Hunter had some success in the evening and uh but they had to be like 60 yards from the deer's bed yeah and and they couldn't set up in a tree because they were so close to bed yes exactly and you know that's all well and good and that's cool to be close like that uh and it's like a neat thing to talk about as a hunter like oh i shot shot him from his bed or whatever Mm -hmm. but you're gonna mess that up more than you're gonna get it right right. that's right Mm -hmm. there's there's some stuff that's fun and cool in the white tail world but you're gonna mess it up a lot (laughs) yeah you know with that said man i think uh you know these are these are thoughts about how to beat the October lull. Some of the things mm-hmm. that we're, we're trying to give you right now, and the way that we've seen it be, been beat in the last couple of weeks as we've gone through uh, early October in Nebraska and South Dakota. So with that, we've got a couple of guys that have some thoughts about what's going to come up this week. Uh, scale of one to ten type stuff that you guys live for, right, and that uh, gives you hope. And I think you're going to enjoy some of these interviews. So Tyler, before we get to that, give me your one to ten for South Dakota over the next. 
week. Man, um, so this is obviously my experience. This mm-hmm. is this is um, with the way we are hunting. Um, it might be different on private because this is all on public land. But um, I think uh, when I left, it was 29 degrees and the deer were crawling from what I heard from people who stayed back a little bit mm-hmm. and saw that morning. I think that if we continue in South Dakota, if it continues to get that kind of weather where you got frosty mornings, um, I think it's going to be really good uh, because that just increases their need for food um, as they get colder. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much food on the landscape because of the drought, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to be very much focused in and concentrated on that food. So I think if I was going to say one to 10, I'd put it like six to seven, probably. That's kind of, I was in the six range. Um, there is a decimal thrown out in this episode. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to hold off on the decimals and, and let that guy have his Six time. point six seven. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I would be in that and maybe, you know, after you talk about it, I might be close to a seven. I just hate to give it that high of a number because it's, mm-hmm. it takes a lot, but it could be close because of the scrape activity we also saw. I think there's I, a, there's I, a factor in there of like, your potential to kill as opposed to just deer movement. Yeah. I you think your I mean? potential to kill is pretty high. I think a lot of people think. is like when they think of that one to 10 number, they think of here, what is my potential to kill? Mm-hmm. And so it's more, more than like it being a nine or eight out of 10 and on the ultimate day movement or deer movement day, it's really like they're factoring in some of that. Like, well, I kind of have them figured out right now. So I'm yes. pretty, feeling pretty good, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's actually what we're trying to do here is to help you get them figured out before you even get to the woods. That's what Rough Rest is all about. But I, I think that combine the food aspect with the scraping activity. Yeah. I killed over a scrape. The deer wasn't on the scrape, but the scrape was there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the bucks are around and they, they're doing bucky things. Mm-hmm. Hunter killed near a scrape. Yeah. Uh, the deer I came and checked the scrape, right? He was trying to. I think so. Yeah. yeah. He, he hadn't made it. He didn't let him make it there. But yeah. That, y'all going to have to just uh, watch and that see That will release on the Element Channel, too. That's right. Pretty Ooh, soon. Spooky city. <laughs> it's going to be like <laughs> Halloween before Halloween. It man. is, dude. <laughs> but we also, we ran a decent amount of uh, cell cameras while we were up there, and we were seeing a lot of scrape activity mm-hmm. there, too. And... Some of that stuff was right at legal shooting light, and I think as temperatures progress uh, to get a little colder, you will see those deer being there in shooting light, and that's exciting because mm-hmm. we like to shoot them, that's right. as they say. Mm-hmm. So let's talk to a few guys who actually have maybe been doing a little shooting and see what's going on around the country. Okay, now we on we, okay. <laughs> now on the phone. We've got <laughs> Sam. <laughs> On the phone now, Sam Hogan. He loves making fun of me, but you know what? At least I call taco shells taco shells. That's right. <laughs> Not pita. The Michigan pita flavor himself. We, we both didn't do it right. No, no, we didn't. We didn't. Hey, what's been going on, man? Michigan been treating you right? It has been. Uh, season's off to a pretty good start, and uh, I'm just happy to be in a tree again. Do you get paid guide fees when you take your friends out and they shoot deer? You know, um, I, I have yet to, to profit on any of that, but I'm sure there's some sort of business venture I could well, probably You're pretty do, entrepreneurial, so, yeah. I mean. It, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, dude. Flip this deer stand. You know yeah, what I mean? Go. Let's go. You got yep. the new HGTV yep. video going here, man. <laughs> <laughs> With the prices of some of these mobile rigs now, I probably could. Yeah, know, I'm dude. telling you. I'm telling you. Yep. Well, so, uh, on that note, you're a pretty mobile guy. You get out, you get after it, you hunt a lot of public and private. Um, every once in a while you send me a picture of a big deer you're after and, 
a lot of times you send me a picture of dead bucks that you've killed as well. You're a good hunter, very humble, and so we just want to pick your brain a little bit about what Michigan is like recently. Uh, you had some success yeah. recently, right? Yeah, I, uh, I actually shot a doe last night, um, and and that's been uh, that's been good. I've been on a, a pretty good buck, especially by uh, by Michigan standards, probably around the 150 inch mark, which is uh, the biggest I've had the the luxury of chasing around here. Mm. But uh, the the doe was on a, a different piece of private that I could get the truck to uh, a little easier than packing a doe out too terribly far. So. Yeah. Well, the, uh, so what was that? What was that doe doing? The doe was uh, working a kind of a your typical terrain feature break mm-hmm. uh, and uh, hitting a couple of these apple trees that are right on the edge of these these uh, thick kind of CRP areas with some oaks in them, and they browse around on oaks, but they they really love the apples, so they'll pop out every once in a while. I passed a couple different uh, younger bucks yesterday and. Um, all kind of coming to this apple tree and then feeding out to kind of the the main the main food source there is a giant apple orchard. So now, it's a oh. it's a little pre snack. Sure. I have uh, listened to Mark Kenyon's podcast a few times, and Mar- and the Michigan Pass actually just means they're too far to shoot, is what I understand. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I uh, it got pretty warm, so I ended up dropping this one off at a processor, and I looked around. And I said, "Yep, it's Michigan. We're here." <laughs> That's cool, though, man. Congrats on the early season success and being able to get a little bit of a little bit of meat. What do you think is going on in the woods of Michigan right now? Are deer still really hitting? You know, some of the ag food sources and stuff. Yeah, their their corn is started to become hot early season when it's all green it, it doesn't really have the draw um beans are beans are definitely winding down a little bit but i still see them standing out there every once in a while but acorns or uh oh shoot i'm saying it wrong it's you can okay. do it hey, just do it just do it like you do it man a- pitas no, acorns, tacos acorns. whatever it is the, the, the acorns are uh, yeah. are still hot um but like i said the apples are kind of tailing off but but if you've got a fresh apple tree they're uh they're still eating them um but but yeah the the beans are beans are slowing down woody browse i i cut a couple um shooting lanes on one of my private pieces and i had two little bucks come in just mowing down the maple leaves so mm. they've been eating those too um so yeah it's it it's kind of transitioning to your typical fall food sources sure so will they be uh like in the next week or so will they you think they'll start really focusing on those acorns yeah those acorns will be a real big hit um especially if you can i mean everybody knows this but the the white oaks have the best acorns but but in some of these swampy spots uh some of the pin oaks drop and uh and they love that too so they don't uh they actually it's hard to in where i'm from in southwestern michigan it's hard to pin down um a good old good old acorn tree mm-hmm. just because uh just because there's so many of them yeah so it, doesn't. It, yeah it's it's hard to uh it's hard to figure it out but they've been starting to put down a little more sign um obviously rubs have been popping up since they've been losing velvet or since they've lost velvet and uh it's it's just getting hotter. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're starting to 
So, uh, you know, right, right now is a full moon time, and it's kind of going to start waning a little bit here. But do you see much of that affecting any of the October movement that, that you're looking at for bucks? I'll be honest, I, I have not paid too much, uh, too much attention to it. Um, I will say it was a very full moon uh, last night, and I saw, all, I saw every buck that I've ever gotten on that trail camera on his feet. Wow. Um, so, so that, I mean, that's a testament to how non-productive my trail camera has been. I shot a doe, <laughs> but, but, uh, they've all been, they've all been moving. Yeah, so, that's cool. So, uh, Michigan, I'm assuming is like a lot of the rest of the country and it's had pretty dry summer and early fall, but I know Michigan has a ton of water. Um, are mosquitoes bad right now? And do you, does that actually affect deer movement? They were pretty bad early, but it's actually been pretty uh, pretty cold here yeah. this morning with 38 degrees, 39 degrees. And uh, and we have not had a mosquito problem in the last – it seems like when it gets that cold, they're, they're gone. Now, right now, I'm sitting in the truck at 67 degrees. So when I go out tonight, it, uh, it might be a – I might change my tune on that. But last night was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So though, coming up this week – uh, looking at the moon affecting your trail camera movement, uh, potentially cold fronts that are that are coming in, uh, different food sources like acorns dropping and those kind of things, apples, um, and and all of that. What would you say on a scale of one to ten? What would you predict the buck movement to be like in the next week or so? We've got that cold front coming in on uh, Thursday, so it'll be the day after this this releases. Um, we're recording this today and it's it's about to it's about to get pretty warm but then it drops back down so we're uh after the release of this it's only going to get better and i love how october plays out it seems to get better as the time goes on so i'm going to give it a i'm going to give it a six and a half we're throwing halves in here this is the second decimal of this this whole uh podcast and both have come in this week so congrats (laughs) on that dude you're uh you're very extraordinary man Goes the Love extra lengths, man. That's what it is. <laughs> hey, thank, thanks for hopping on, man. Hopefully, uh, you'll get a crack at that target buck you've got, man, and we'll have to get you back on to talk a little bit about what you're seeing at that time. So, best of luck this season, man. All righty. Appreciate it. You guys, too. I've got Jonathan Moreland on the phone. He is a hunter in Arkansas. Man, what has been going on, dude? Man, we've just uh, just trying to kick it, get the season kicked off, so been doing a little bit of hunting and mostly scouting not a whole lot of time in the tree but a lot of time in the woods in the last week or so i got you so you're a pretty accomplished hunter particularly a traditional hunter so i know that that does actually make a little bit of difference to you as far as the way you scout and hunt i would imagine uh what are some things that you're really keying in on right now trying to make sure you can get close range of these deer oh uh, right now it's a little different for the south from what i normally try to do uh we've got abnormally dry conditions down here this year it hasn't rained in almost three weeks mm-hmm. so normally this time of year i'm focusing on a hot feed tree whether it be a persimmon or water oak or early dropping uh pin oak but this year the deer they're really keen in on the water so anywhere i can get close to a water source i'm i'm seeing quite a few deer gotcha um, i actually killed a doe the other day coming to an old lake bed that's normally full of water which is which is starting to dry up now so hmm. uh anywhere you can get near water it's just 
pretty good right now. That's cool. Do you feel like deer use running water and sanding water all the same, or do you have a particular type of water source you like to key in on? Uh, you know, most of this where I'm at right now is standing because the the record low river levels right now, so it's just pockets of water. But you know, typically a deer when it's down here in the south, we've got a lot of lush vegetation, so normally they can they can kind of get it throughout the woods. But right now they're having to come to it. Um, also with this dry weather. I'm noticing a lot of early dropping mass crops also. So like some of these acres are dropping earlier than normal. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, as far as buck activity so far, I've seen a few bucks, but it's, it's still pretty, pretty slow right now. What about scrapes? You looking at scrapes this time of year when you're out there scouting? Uh, made a big loop yesterday. Saw, I think a, seven or eight scrapes yesterday so they're just now kind of start getting going there yeah will you focus will you focus on that going forward or are you still going to be on the water no no i don't typically start focusing on that till later on in the year right now it's still it's still food sources and water right now with the with the bend dry yeah is, is your is your rut a typical rut compared to everybody else in the country um so down here i'm going to say that magic week is, is around that thanksgiving week down here is the prime time Gotcha. So a little bit later, so that would make sense for some of the rut activity we pushed back a little bit later too. What do you think about the moon stuff? You pay much attention to the moon? I know we're kind of coming off a big full moon right now, and a lot of guys are thinking about it. I, you know, I pay attention to it just because I'm curious. I do try to document, you know, where the moon's at and what the, what the deer activity I'm seeing. But uh, typically, you know, when I have the opportunity to hunt, I'm just, you know, I'm hunting regardless. I don't really plan my hunts around the moon. Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> that's that's exactly so. How you know, I the moon's terrible, and I've got an opportunity to hunt. I'm gonna be hunting. You know, yeah, I don't it's really just care what that moon's doing. It's like a confidence booster, right? Like, oh, the moon's doing right. something good. I I feel yeah. good about this hunt, but you're still gonna go out there, and I mean, you're in the south, so you know. And this is how I feel too. Like, it's a game of numbers sometimes, right? You just gotta have your hangs in the tree, and sooner or later, it's gonna work out. Yep, that's it. Yeah. So, uh, what did you? Uh, How'd that setup go for that doe that you killed, man? Were you hunting over food sources, or you said it was over water, right? Was there any no, ag anywhere near that? Yeah, yeah, no. Well, there's some ag not far, but uh, no, just caught her coming to an old lake. Uh, there, there's a willow flat in there, and just had a just had a really good setup, uh, some really good cover there on the edge of the lake bank, and there was a main trail coming over there, coming down there to hit that water, and just just caught her off guard coming right right to that water mm, gotta love it when the setup works perfect right <laughs> that's it that's so it. uh a lot of the country is talking about cold fronts and stuff coming uh in the next week now in the south we kind of get cool fronts more than cold fronts you know and i think right. we're looking forward to like a three or four degree cooler morning than normal here in this next week uh i don't know if things are much different where you're at but uh with all that stuff considered and, and kind of uh, compiling the information that you've already gained from scouting and previous experience, what do you expect the buck movement to be like over the next week? So we have here in the South, which I'm in South Arkansas, we've got some, we've got some fronts moving in. I believe it's Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, cool front is that's supposed to produce a precipitation. So, you know, like I said, it hasn't rained down here in over three weeks. So, you know, if we do catch a little rain, I would expect that to really, to really get some deer up and up on their feet so um you know i expect it to, to to increase just a little bit compared to last week gotcha so if you had to rate it between one and ten what would you rate it 
I'm going to give it about a, about a six. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a good conservative number. I like it, though. But things are yep. ramping up and kind of gearing towards that. And the magic November we've got coming, man. So I appreciate the time today, dude. And I hope you have a great rest of the season. Y'all too. Good luck to y'all. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time, Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that Seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. And it's really simple. When you pour it into your gas tank, Seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can into your gas tank and let it do its job. Now, you probably know someone who's used a can of Seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. Because people everywhere rely on it to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. So, help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know, super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid, and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in, ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. Okay, so now on the phone we've got Jason Red from Timber Ninja. You've been in the timber, being a ninja lately, out in North Carolina, right? Yeah, North Carolina, and I've been a trip to Illinois for 
four or five days as a scouting slash hunting trip for yeah. the rut. Nice, man. So uh, you do some pretty cool stuff. This is kind of what um, uh, originally caused you to create a super lightweight stick, but you spend a lot of time hunting deer really deep in kind of mountainous country, which people don't think of maybe when they think of a coastal um, area like that out east, but there's some pretty pretty crazy hills um, what have you been seeing in the hills lately and, and how are the deer kind of moving around and reacting to, you know, the cold fronts and what's going on right now? Well, I mean, I live in a very low deer density area. So, I mean, you know, we have one, one or two deer per square mile. So activity this year has been about normal. I mean, I've been focused on two, uh, target bucks this year and, but we have had some really unseasonably cool weather, but we also have had a really big mass crop this year. So deer are pretty spread out. They don't have to move very far, but been seeing fairly good movement for this time of year. And, uh, you know, getting closer and closer to one of my target deer, I feel, you know, you know, you get that gut feeling, you just know you're getting there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with this weather that we have and being mid, you know, coming into mid October, it's looking pretty positive. How are you, how have you been hunting that deer? Are you hunting them based off of like, uh, movement patterns to and from Oaks or what are you looking at? Yeah, well, he he traditionally I've been hunting for a few years. He he traditionally travels. He's a home range deer in this area, so he likes the east facing side uh, of this big long ridge. And you know, he's a couple miles back. And uh, so I've been I know where his primary bed is, which is on uh, private, unfortunately. So I'm trying to intersect him there, and he runs down a ridge and comes off a, a finger ridge and hits some public uh, private land ag. So. I've been trying to get as close as I can to his primary bed. Obviously, you know, I'm kind of restricted there, but honestly, I'm just trying to cut him off in between right now. So we've actually spoken with a guy recently who seemed to think green food sources were pretty key when it comes to, you know, private land ag. Is that the ag that he's uh, inhabiting right now, or is he more on like corn or grain type stuff? Uh, we don't have much corn, so yeah, it's all green pasture ground that he's on, you know, and I, I'm a proponent, like, you know, if you have a really big mass crop year, they can't just live off acorns. Yeah. Like, they need that green to balance out the diet, so that's why I've been kind of honed in on him where I am right now, but, you know, he's laid some, some of his primary scrapes that he normally does. I mean, our deer don't, there's not as much competition, so they don't leave as much sign as, you know, some of the other areas. So, but he kind of comes back to his home range. And, and you know, the interesting thing is, like, he, and I was talking to a guy this weekend about this, is you can really instigate uh, a buck here by just opening up a mock scrape in his his home range. Mm -hmm. He will, 90% of the time, I can, get, I can get a mature buck that I'm after if I know his home range by opening up you know, mock scrape myself. Mm -hmm. he'll, within a couple of days, he'll be in there. Man, I do love mock scrapes. I It's just, it gets me hyped just knowing that I can do something like that to kind of manipulate deer. And as, uh, you know, one thing that's kind of synonymous across the country right now is the moon phase, right? Like people have different mm -hmm. conditions all over the place. And I know a lot of guys put a lot of different weight on moon. Right now we just are pretty much right on a full moon and it's going to start waning as the next week goes on. Do you think about moon much, at least in October, when it comes to deer movement? I'm not as big on moon phase as I am moon position. Okay. I, I, I do I do like moon position. And like, you know, when you had the moon rise where it's been right there close, you know, with an hour dark, that's usually pretty primo. Um, and this morning, like I just, the only thing I could hunt today was a morning hunt. So I just, you know, 
you can't kill them if you're not after them. So uh, <laughs> I was in there, but, but coming out, out of that, uh, I really liked that time. So I'm thinking, you know, into this week, next week, start looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, man. So let's let's talk about the next week here. All right. So like you were saying, there's some cool fronts starting to move across the country. You know, moon's kind of waning a little bit. Uh, deer starting to get a little more ruddy. And you know, for for some of that North Carolina stuff that you've been hunting, let's just kind of focus on that. Um, what do you predict the buck movement to be like over the next week on a scale from one to ten? I think from a one to ten for this time of year, we should be somewhere around an eight. Because like next week, I just looked at the the weather. You know, as we were talking, and we're supposed to get down in the high twenties next week, which is unseasonably cool That's for this chilly. time of year. Yeah, yeah. So we're having some lows there, and you know, I don't run a lot of cell cameras, but I got I have buddies that do around here, and the buck movement just continues to increase. So I think it's looking pretty good for next week. Man, that killer cold front that's headed this way is going to definitely rock some bucks worlds and have a lot of hunters in the woods, man. It's exciting time of year. Jason, we really appreciate the update, dude. And uh, I hope you have some success out there, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. All right, we've got Jake Hofer from Exodus. He is up in Illinois. He does a bunch of hunting up there, shoots really old bucks. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're kind of medium, but they're always old. Jake, what's going on, man? <laughs> not much. Uh, not much. Excited to, to be on here, and I appreciate that intro. Um, <laughs> it's, it's sometimes everyone brags like, "Oh, I'd rather shoot an old deer over a big deer." Yeah. You know, I, I I'd rather shoot a big deer at this point. I don't care if he's four. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am too, man. It's like I I really do like shooting old deer, but I've shot a bunch of them, and sometimes they tend to be like you know, 120 inches and all the people around you are shooting like 160s and you're like, hey, he's old. Don't forget about me over here, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So funny and so true. <laughs> so uh, how has the last, you know, couple of days of hunting here in Illinois been for you? A lot better. <clears throat> we had a really good cold front here rolling uh, Friday. And so hunted Friday morning, uh, kind of tight to bedding on a mock scrape. Uh, on a ridge with a lot of oaks and I saw six bucks that morning, uh, a lot of sparring, a lot of rubs. Um, and it was just kind of, it was great to feel the woods be alive, uh, mm-hmm. with deer doing cool things. So that was really good. And then I actually have a couple buddies. Um, one gentleman shot a really nice buck Friday evening, um, on a green food source. And then I had a buddy miss a giant Saturday uh, on a green food source as well. So it's, uh, it was, it was good. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're in the right location and you had a buck that you're chasing, um, it was a really good opportunity. You, you make a point about the green food sources. You talked about oaks, but, um, can you talk about what the green food source is and why that's important right now? Yeah. So it really, it seemed like clover was uh, the king here. I know, um, personally, some, some more younger bucks were hitting, you know, the tops of brassicas, but clover definitely seemed to be the powerful food, food source. And then in particular, um, this one farm that I'm familiar with, the gentleman that missed a really big deer, they came in, ate the clover, um, kind of staged up in there, and then they headed on to a uh, cut cornfield. So that uh, seemed to be the perfect recipe as they <laughs> eat, eat acorns all day. They want a little bit of moisture content in the evening. Yeah, I don't blame them. I would uh, not be very happy about eating acorns all day. It's a good way to feel like you just got to mouth a meal, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So uh, when knowing you, I know that scrapes are on your mind, especially in October with these cold fronts rolling through. Um, When do you start to shift that focus, and do you think that that's something that's coming soon? 
It's definitely coming soon. Um, yeah, so I mean, a lot of these um, new bucks are starting to show up on some of these farms. And then looking into the future here of uh, a really good cold front coming through next weekend, like Sunday is kind of when it hits. I, uh, I'll definitely be posted up on some scrapes here in the next seven, eight, nine days. <clears throat> I think um, right now it's a really good idea to get some inventory on what bucks are kind of frequently a, frequenting a scrape and kind of try to line up an opportunity with the cold front rolling in. And last year, the 16th, 17th, 18th was actually really good um, for bucks hitting scrapes. Mm-hmm. It's always, it's always seems to be in coordination to a cold front, but that seems to be one of the first opportunities. If you don't have a buck living right on you, it's when they start to venture out a little bit and then you still have a legitimate crack at them. Um, and they feel just a little less random for the time being. Mm-hmm. So with that coming up, scale of one to 10, looking at weather, moon, if you do that kind of thing, whatever you look at, all the variables and what you saw last year and everything, how, how would you rank this next week in your mind, the potential of uh, shooting a, shooting a nice buck one to 10? Man, it's, it's up there. I'd say, gosh, 8.2. I mean, Ooh. it's going to be, it's going to be really good. Decimals. Um, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the decimal club, guys. First time we had that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No rookie scores here. Right, so I would, I would say, you know, it's going to be one of the best fronts of the year. I really do think so. I, hopefully we'll get another front closer to the end of October, which will be fantastic. And then, um, you know, obviously that first really good front in November is going to be awesome too. But I mean, this is going to be a, a top three or four front in my opinion. Man, that's exciting. Wow, okay. So now I'm like looking at my calendar, trying to reorganize things, man. Golly. That's wild. That's last exciting. Time, Jake, last time I listened to you about a cold front in October, I shot a really big eight-point, man. So I'm going to listen yeah. again, I think. Yeah, uh, stay tuned. I think you guys are going to find some because I can find it here. Uh, killing them has still been pretty hard for me. So, but oh, it'll be good. whatever, dude. You're a killer. You're a killer. Humble killer, man. Yeah, well, we appreciate the good info, Jake. Thanks, man, and I hope you do get after that big buck this week. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. The October lull can be a little spooky, but if you have the right information, you'll be able to throw it down on a big buck. So, if you are interested in big bucks and you might want to watch some things to either get you hype or to help you learn how to get closer or to stay more comfortable while you're in the woods, you should check out the Oklahoma Public Land Buck video that the Element has on its channel. There's also a piece on layering that our friend Mark Kenyon put out to help you stay warm while you're out there chasing those big dogs. And then Tony has a pretty cool foundations podcast that's all about hunting to kill as opposed to hunting to just hunt. So be sure and check that stuff out. Keep it fresh. This has been Rut Fresh. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today 
at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.